in 2016. A crack commando unit of two nerds came together to talk about all things nerdy. They went to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Orlando Underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you need an answer for your superhero philosophical debates, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Just Us Nerds Podcast and bring money! Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever the case may be. It is I, Jay, commander of all things nerdy, and the leader of the most listened to, the most talked about, the most popular podcast that I've ever heard, the Just Us Nerds podcast. With me, as always, my stalwart companion, the B.A. Baracus of nerddom. I pity the fool who don't bring the money. Chris, and you are just in time for the Just Us Nerds podcast. Um, <laughs> I love I love the A team. We were just great. talking about yeah. how, how much fun the, the A team was. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows. That that Family Guy episode where they're doing the, the little riff on the, yes. the A team and they pull the guns out and the, oh, you gonna shoot us? No, no, we just you know we're gonna we just thought we'd fire you know kind of randomly at the ground and then you know maybe a vehicle would do kind of a wicked spiral and uh, you know then you'd crawl away and you know you know kind of a kind of a thing. And like I told you. For me, you know what my favorite cartoon was. One of my favorite cartoons is G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. was a live-action G.I. Joe. They, they were, right? They didn't kill a single thing. They're like stormtroopers. If you dressed them up as the A-Team, you wouldn't hit a damn thing. Right, right, exactly. But it, yet, somehow, very effective. They never, No one ever died nope. on, on the A-Team. But they solved their mysteries. They, they solved their mysteries. They're, it's like the, the more efficient or the, the, the more professional version of uh, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. There's been yes. a lot going on in the world of comic books and, and movies and toys. So let, let's jump right in with what you're reading, uh, I, Chris. I've I've been uh, really enjoying this series that was mentioned back at Christmas time. It was Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, it was right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving, yeah. when Amazing Amy was talking about yep. this comic book. This is a comic book that is published by Image, and it's called The Beauty. Yep. So if you if you're not remembering the the premise, it's basically this sexually transmitted disease that makes, that you, makes you beautiful. Makes you beautiful. So th- this is what I read was volume one of the the beauty, uh, which collects issues one to five. Hmm. Uh, the the writer on this it's both written and illustrated by Jason Hurley and the co-writers Jeremy Hahn. and the colorist is John. I don't know if that's Rausch or Rash. I don't Rausch? know. I can I'm barely sure. spell my name. Um, so it's available for purchase on Comixology, although I think you told me that it's it's available free now. Well, with Unlimited. With, un, with Unlimited. If you have, uh, so if you have a subscription to Comixology Unlimited, which is sort of the Netflix of comic books, you can read it for free. If you don't have Unlimited, you can purchase it for $7.99, which I think you know, for five issue, it's not bad. That's, that's not bad at all. In paperback, I looked it up, it's available um, uh, for $6.40 um, on, on Amazon. So what what is you know for those of you that didn't listen back in Thanksgiving and shame on you if you didn't go back uh, go back and watch listen to it right now and watch it watch yeah. it and listen to it uh, the beauty is a science fiction thriller from Image Comics that um, it's a it's a very interesting premise so imagine a sexually transmitted disease where the symptoms basically turn you into an Abercrombie and Finch model sign uh, me up it, right. Well, well, hold on, Chris. Hold on. The, the, so the disease, it, 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 it may speed up your metabolism, uh-huh. so you can basically eat whatever you want, and the fat just melts away, and, and you know you, you look like a supermodel. And I know it sounds good, but there's one little catch. Okay. okay? All right. So there's a slight fever. Okay. You, you still in? Yeah. All right. Slight fever, and probably like a 98% chance that you will eventually spontaneously combust. I'm good with it. You're still good? I'm good with it. <laughs> okay. Am I attractive? <laughs> All right. Then I'm well, good with it. You'd still be attractive up until the point that you spontaneously combust, and then then you're just kind of a charred... Ah, leave a pretty corpse, I'd say. Wreck it. Well, no, it's not a pretty corpse, because it, it, you, kind of, you kind of look like the human version of a burnt-out firecracker. I think I'd be good. 
Okay. Right. okay. You know, and the other thing too, I think a lot of women would want this. You know why? <laughs> why? With that slight fever, they'll never be cold. <laughs> oh my goodness. So so yeah. Uh, so so there's a little catch. So vol- <laughs> volume one follows these two detectives, Vaughn and Foster, and they're investigating the first death from related to to beauty. And while also uncovering this this conspiracy, so, <laughs> yeah, there's always a conspiracy. Um, I should say that you, you've kind of made my uh, uh, Iron Fist figure. He's kind of walking like an Egyptian, yeah, sort of. Like he's it. breaking it down. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. If, if you're if you're listening to to this and this review about the beauty is going to have spoilers, so if you're planning on reading it, you might want to skip ahead. So let, let me talk a little bit about the good. You, you have not read this, nope. right? You haven't read this. Nope, okay. Well, maybe I can persuade you to read it. You might, maybe you find it interesting. So, um, we'll see. Let me let me talk about the good. Let me say what I like about this. Uh, I think it's a really, it's 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 good science fiction. You mm-hmm. know how I'm always saying that science fiction, it's telling something about the now, but right. it's using fantastic circumstances, and it's not it, a repeat, right? And it's not it's not a repeat. This really does seem like kind of a novel idea. Uh, I mean, there are there are some recycled themes here and there, mm-hmm. but but it's a great commentary on on our obsession with youth and beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a very youth and what obsessed... people would do to become beautiful. I mean, yeah, a- absolutely. Um, you know, and in the story, people react differently to the phenomena. So, and and it kind of phenomena. No, different phenomena. Um, The beauty, the beauty, Chris. That's what we're talking about. Um, So you have two extremes, all right? You got, at one end, you got people that are embracing the beauty almost like a religion. So like, Like, yeah. Okay, so like everyone needs... So they'll sign me up. Everyone needs to have it. Like they're, you know, everyone needs to have this because everyone needs to be... Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Basically... And then you got the other end. You have people that look at it as some type of aberration, something unnatural that needs to be extinguished, and they're establishing like terror cells. Wisconsin. Okay. All Fat right. German women. All right. Um, if we have any listeners to Wisconsin, the just <laughs> you us, know I'm right. The Just Us Nerds podcast does not in any way mean to disparage any residents from the the great state of Wisconsin. Thank you very much. This has been a public service announcement by the Just Us Nerds podcast. But you know I'm right. Back anyway. to the regular scheduled programming. Um, <laughs> so you've got that. You've got the two extremes. Right. Uh, so so that's that's really interesting. Uh, this is one of the spoilers. Uh, this uh, this story is definitely a critique of the pharmaceutical industry oh, yeah. because it's revealed in the story they that... have a cure and they don't want to give it out exactly yeah I knew yeah. it so that's kind of one of the recycled yeah, plots of like devices uh, there's a cure for the beauty and uh, the, the pharmaceutical company would rather give out this other treatment that doesn't cure the beauty it, but it, it treats it yeah. it prevents the spontaneous combustion but it right. doesn't all the way cure it so the pharmaceutical company then is trying to cover up the fact they're trying to discredit those the scientists right. who originally worked at the CDC and came up with a cure for the the beauty. So huh. especially in this age where politics now and we have you know mention of things like alternative facts and fake news and all of that, it this is a really kind of timely mm-hmm. story. So uh, so I, I really in, enjoyed the, the story for the, for that reason. Um, as far as the the bad, I really don't have a whole lot to complain about uh, because you know the, the beauty's just it's got beautiful artwork, <laughs> beautiful artwork. You see uh-huh. what I did there? Um, it's got beautiful artwork. It's got a great story. Uh, the pharmaceutical company sends this this bad guy after Vaughn and Foster, okay, uh, Mr. Calaveras, and Mr. Calaveras is this uh, disfigured hitman. And he wears this this uh, Dia de los Muertos mask yeah. and a and a trench coat, and they they do a great job of just establishing him as this this sinister, sadistic, very efficient killer, right? Um, so I guess my only complaint is the way that he's dispatched at the end. Uh, Foster kind of get gets the better of him, and it's just sort of like you know, there's kind of this grapple, this fight, and then he's just wiped out, and that's it. And I just felt like there was a lot of buildup, and I would for nothing. For, for nothing, yeah. Yeah, you, they built him up as this formidable enemy. And I guess that's probably in line with they don't want to make him too much like a comic book supervillain, like like Jason Voorhees or something, where he's unstoppable. Oh, okay. He's just a man, you know. He's he's just like anyone else. Um, but you know, I, I give the beauty an A minus. 
you know, I, I think it's an example of great science fiction. It weaves current themes into a fantastic story. Uh, I, I would be actually excited to see something like this brought to the big screen. Um, have you read The Beauty? Do you agree? Uh, who would you like to see in it if we if it were cast as a movie? Let, let's, we should have been a long time since we've done a casting call. Uh, send us uh, your suggestions at justusnerdspc at gmail.com. Send us a message on our Facebook. Send us a message on our SoundCloud or our Instagram or our YouTube page. Yeah, there you ah, go. I got them all. There it is. All right. Um, so, Chris, what about you? You've been you've been reading The Mummy. Yes. Okay. This is put out by Titan Comics. Um, this is a new take on uh, the famous tale of The Mummy. Um, they've only put out, I think, two or three issues uh, since, but I've only read the first issue. Um, it retails for about, I think it's like four bucks. So it's not it's not miserable. Um, it, the writer is Peter Milligan, and the artist is Ronaldson Fryer. I guess would be close enough. Um, it it's a cool take. I'll, I'll read you the premise and tell yeah, me if it sounds interesting sure. to you. For two thousand years, I love it. Okay, see, for <laughs> I'm two, in. <laughs> for two thousand years, the sect of Anubis have prolonged their lifespans through the human sacrifice and enslavement of the Egyptian high priestess cursed to walk the afterlife for all eternity. On one night every thirty years, the sect must offer up a human vessel to house the spirit of Nebata, so that they can kill this person and drink their blood, thus granting them immortality. But this year, I did that last week, right? So, but this year, they've chosen the wrong vessel, and she's not going willingly. So, when it starts out reading, and I'll tell you, the art is is beautiful. Um, is it Ronda Rousey? Is that who they picked? I, I don't know. No, because if you hit her in the head now, apparently she drops like a rock. Anyway, um, so, this girl that they've picked, she kind of realizes what's going on, and she actually breaks away and was able to escape. But when it first starts off, you think it's ancient Egypt, and but they go through like all of the um the different gods that are there and each one of these men portray as a different god and so you think and they're wearing like the trappings the, 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 and like yeah, the costume the original yeah like, so, like an avatar almost yes and you think like oh well this is like ancient egypt well it comes to find out it's like you know now england Mm. And these guys have been, you know, surviving for this entire realm. Uh, the end of the first comic just gets her breaking out and going away. She kind of meets this person who pulls the "Come with me if you want to live." So they kind of, you know, have to break You're out. You're going to be a mummy. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. You're going to lose so much weight. You're going to look fantastic. You're yeah. going to be a mummy. Um, but I will say, so far, this is a cool take on an old story. I found this really interesting. I like reading, I told you, like the offshoots of like horror comics. You know, I read the werewolf comics, the vampire comics, and this, I was like, eh, I'll give it a shot. Well, well Chris, you know that, I don't know if you've been following too much the the, the new shared universe that Universal Studios is trying oh, to establish. Oh, no, I'm very familiar. With the Universal Monsters. Well, uh, you may or may not know that the mummy in that movie is played by a woman. Yes. So I'm wondering, are they? Is this like the? Is this laying the groundwork for that? Is I, I don't think that they have any affiliation. Um, when, while reading this, you don't hear the Mission Impossible theme in the background. So I would. That, say, that's an allusion to the fact that uh, Tom Cruise is uh, going to be in the new Mummy movie. And also, if you watch it, literally turn the sound off and start humming the Mission Impossible theme. It literally goes with the trailer. It looks like the new Mission Impossible movie. I'm a mummy. I'm a mummy. See? I'm a mummy. 2,000 years old. Dun, 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 dun. Probably a little older than 2,000. But anyway, so um, I highly recommend it, though. I mean, I'll say... Well, what, do you, what do you like about it? What, what I like, it? the artwork is very good. Um, okay. I like that they're very detailed. Like, they, they know their stuff, what the gods are, what they were. Um, she has to, like, walk through the underworld, and there's certain ways of how to do it. And with Ancient Egypt, you had the Book of the Dead. And it was kind of like your cheap guidebook to how to get through stuff. And Only the penitent man will pass. Yeah, pretty much. The penitent man is humble before God. Yeah. Kneels! Right. So it, it's kind of your way of, of getting through, because if not, they would feed your soul to this monster it's like half lion half bull half alligator and he would eat your soul that's and bad you don't want that it's a badass thing you don't want that 
and I, I believe his name uh, was Sobek. But anyway, so you would you you have to do this kind of thing. So you see her walking through, and it's pretty legit. What I don't like is, I mean, like I said, I've only read one comic, but so far it looks like another. You know, it reminds me of the Fifth Element. Okay, so you know, you've got a girl who's kind of higher being, everything like that. She makes contact with a normal person who gets thrusted into this world. And, of course, they're being chased by the evil villains, and I'm so, sure... So the mummy that... is the protagonist in this. She's not she, she, no, She's not a villain. No, not at all. Not at all. And she's so, not even dead. This is the thing. She's a real-life person who's been embodied with the spirit of this they're, god. They're using sort of her body as like a vessel so that they can... Kill they can her. Feed, ...feed off of it. Right. So that right. It's, it's the cult that's really... The, yes. They're the bad guys. Yes. It's okay. kind of like the young Sherlock Holmes, if you remember that. Remember there was the ancient Egypt cult that was killing all the women? Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Okay. All right. Interesting. So, but, um, yeah, if you guys are interested, you like horror movies, you know, you like you like horror stuff, this this would be kind of a cool realm. Um, like I said, it's not one that we don't we don't actually don't talk about the horror comics as much because we don't we don't read as much. So. No, and I'm so I'm happy this episode we we've, we've got to, yeah. we're doing kind of no no spandex, no tights. No. Uh, the, this not a single superhero. This episode. No, no, no. I like that. Excellent. All right, so what do we got going on, man? Let's do some movie talk. Yeah. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie, yeah, we're gonna be a movie starring everybody and me. So, big news in uh, entertainment, uh, for, for nerds anyway, uh, so guys... It's kind of rough. Remember, yeah, it's been a rough week for, for DC fans, um... You remember, you know, how... We, we all got excited. We were all excited about there's going to be the, the Batman movie, and it was going to be starring Ben Affleck, and written by Ben Affleck, and directed by Ben Affleck. Well, well we had a problem. Uh, Houston, we got a problem, because Ben Affleck is not doing it anymore. Well, that, but here's the thing, though. He's not directing it. He's not directing it. So he it. very well still might be writing it, and he very well still might be Batman. However... There's a rumor going around now that he might not actually be, be Batman anymore. Where did you see that? Because I've, I've heard that I was also, reading on one of the comic book sites they were talking about that. We, we might have read the same article. Yeah. Um, and I think it was based a little bit on I some think that's kind fear-mongering. of rumblings. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fear-mongering. I think they're like, oh my god, he wants nothing to do with it. And it might be he just has too much on his plate. And he might be busy. Y- you know, though, Chris... I'm a bit dubious. Of, so, uh, so Affleck put out this statement where... I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have yeah, it in yeah. front of me, but essentially what he was saying as his reason was... Fuck this place, I'm done. No, it wasn't that. It was, <laughs> this character is so important that I'm realizing now that in order to portray him faithfully, I can't star in the and movie. Direct. And direct. See, that's important to me. Yeah, but I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it because... What do you think because, he's going through his head? Well, because Ben Affleck has been in movies before that he's directed. He he was in the town. He starred in the town. He directed the town. That didn't suffer from it. I think that there's something else going on here that we're not being made aware of. Right. Uh, but this is... I mean, for I, this is a huge blow, I, I think, to, to so, DCEU. Now, when that happened, who was the first person that people were saying was going to think about directing it? Well, I know Kevin Smith right. was was thrown out. That's what they were saying was Kevin Smith. Now, Kevin Smith has directed episodes of The Flash. He, of course, did his movies. He's actually written Batman comics. He's written Batman. He's written Daredevil. Uh, I mean, Green Arrow. He's done a bunch. Also, and I, I liked his Green Arrow run. I thought his so Green Arrow run. his response was, "I'm flattered," mm-hmm. which is cool. Mm-hmm. He says, "But three things make me directing Batman impossible." All right. One, and this I couldn't believe, he hasn't spoken to Ben in years. That's sad. They were best friends. He, that, Batman slept on his couch. That's sad. That, that's just, that's really sad right? to me. I don't know why they had a falling out, but he that, said, I just find that sad. You know, he's made the movie Yoga Hosers, which didn't do too well. It involved Johnny Depp's daughter and his daughter in like a convenience store or something. And... I listened. I listened to his podcast, Fat Man on Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so he talks about yoga hosers, and he's pretty straightforward with about that movie. Just say, I, I haven't seen it. I've just I've heard by word of mouth that it's terrible. But uh, uh, you know, he basically comes out and says, "Look, I made this for me. Right. I made right. it because I think it's funny." Which I is great. But meanwhile, there are like. 
starving people who are dying to get actually good pieces of work out in the film industry. And he's like, you know what, I'm just doing this for me. You know, I guess I can respect that, Chris, as someone who, you know, first of all, we do this podcast as... This is a love, labor of love. It's a, it's a labor of love. We like it. Yeah. We think it's funny. Yeah. We don't get paid to do it, mind no. you. But so part of me respects him saying, look, I made it. I think it's funny. If y'all don't like it, fuck off. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of like that. So you want to know the third reason? Third. What's the third reason? Common sense. <laughs> That's literally what he said. I thought it was going to be carnies. Nope. Common sense. <laughs> carnies. For his common circus poop. Small hands. Nomads. Yes, Small exactly. Hands. Smell like cabbage. But he says common sense is what's going to stop um, him from Kevin, Kevin Smith, sir, uh, if I ever have the I think pleasure he's afraid. of meeting you, uh, first of all, uh, I'm a big fan, loved uh, Mallrats, yep. Clerks, Clerks yep. 2. Yeah. Uh, you're a great director. You're, Dogma. Dogma. Um, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. you were, Kevin Smith's not the person to direct a Personally, movie. I'm going to say this is going to be kind of a hard movie to... Maybe direct. I'm just, I'm just imagining. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> just imagine like Batman yelling at Catwoman when she tells him how many dicks she sucked. Yeah. There's a line in, in Clerks yeah. where the, you know, the protagonist's girlfriend is like thirty-seven dicks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna be like it's gonna be Catwoman yeah. and Batman having a conversation. Or Batman on top of the of the building and he's ready to jump off. Fly, fat ass, fly. Exa- you know? Exactly. I mean, exactly. But, um, so yeah, I gotta agree. He's he's not he's not the person so. to direct a Batman movie. So who is? Who, That's who the thing. Is, I mean, what the, do you guys think? Who would you like to see direct? We have we've had a couple few that we've looked at, and we're like, eh, maybe you know. I you, why don't you share some of your ideas? I I thought um, no, I agree Michael, with you. Michael Mann. Yes, I, I think a, a Batman movie directed by Michael Mann. Yep. I think the, one of the re- the reason I say Michael Mann, you know, he he directed Heat. Uh, I love that the, movie. One of the best bank heist movies ever. Um, I think one of the reasons people were so excited at Ben Affleck directing Batman was they were thinking of a more of like a grounded crime, like uh, sort of like the town, yeah, like the town but with costumes. So I think all right, if you can't get Affleck to do it, let's get Michael Mann mm-hmm. to do it, right? You know who I'd like to see? Ruben Fleischer. I do not know Ruben Fleischer. Did you ever who see is... the movie Gangster Squad? I have not seen the movie all Gangster right. Squad. It's a really cool action movie. Now, mind you, this takes place, you know, in, in the 30s and 40s. It's a time period piece. However, the action in it is done very, very well. Um, I mean, I think having... And, and one of it was the the main character in this movie was actually almost Batman. I mean, Josh Brolin is in it. And, I mean, just the heart pumping you know action to this movie I, I feel that that would be have done very very well you had another suggestion which i now that i'm i've allowed it to percolate yeah. a little bit you said guillermo guillermo del toro yes and i like that pick for the reason that i think one, one of the one of the great things about batman is his rogues gallery mm-hmm. and can I'm, I'm imagining like guillermo del toro doing like the the grotesque of like all of the different bad villains, yeah. like imagine a Clayface, right? At, done by Guillermo, Killer Croc, Man Bat. I mean those those oddities. He does monsters yeah. very well. And well, you know what I like, and this is the thing. <gasps> oh, I got it, I got it. I'm sorry, I'm Go sorry ahead. to interrupt you. I've had a stroke of brilliance. Guillermo del Toro needs to direct the next Batman movie, and it needs to be uh, Batman and the Monster Men. It needs to be a Hugo Strange Which story. Would be cool, that would be cool. But see, the thing that I like about him is. Like, ideal of uh, his vision of color. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Like, if you look at Hellboy, right? Everything is brown. Mm -hmm. Just like the comic books. Mm -hmm. Everything is brown. Except Hellboy and Abe. Red Mm -hmm. and blue. Like, they're these bright colors. So I could see, like, this Batman, if he does this gray palette. Where everything is real gray. And then you have Batman with the gray and the black kind of molding in. But then you have these villains like Killer Croc with the greens, Joker with that bright purple, Riddler with the bright green, Mister Freeze with that bright blue. Yeah. I mean, it would stand out and pop and make you. It would look like a comic book. However, it doesn't look like Batman Forever, where it's just over the top and you're laughing at this like it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, if you had good writing too, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I like that. What, do you want to mention another one of the the folks that you? Was there anyone else you thought of? I thought those were really my only two. Okay. Maybe we can give it to Michael Bay. Oh, God. 
Oh my god! Yeah, listen. And then the Batmobile could turn into a transformer, and, and it would then, blow up. And then it could before it tries to hump Megan Fox's leg. By the way, okay. And it would have balls. I do have movie news. Bat balls. I do have movie news that involves Michael Bay. Yes. Okay. So they have already they're in production writing a GI Joe three. Because the first two just were fantastic. Were so good. Just we. So, are getting a crossover between the G.I. Joes and the Transformers. You know what? And if those two series didn't <laughs> suck monkey balls so much, I would actually be excited right now. It's miserable. It's like, okay, I'll tell you what this is the equivalent of, okay? So who is your celebrity crush? Ooh, God, I have a lot. I'm Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel, Okay. So this is like you find out that Zoe Deschanel is gonna do. She's okay. It's a perfect example because Zoe yeah. Deschanel has never posed nude, to my knowledge. No. So this is you find out Zoe Deschanel is gonna pose nude, but it's gonna be when she's eighty. That's what this is. I still that's, look. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 it's, it's like that's what this is. That's it's like exactly. your celebrity crush is posing nude, but it's not until she's like eighty or ninety. It's like yeah, they're doing a crossover with shitty ass Transformers yeah. and shitty ass yeah. GI Joe. You know what would be funny though? That I, I literally could solve that movie in like five minutes because literally have Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Cobra. You come out, Cobra, and then Optimus Prime looks you. Well, this isn't gonna happen. Squash, and then done. This is so sad, man, because mm-hmm. it's like that. Yeah, first of all, yes, that premise absolutely could work. It's just, and you know what, you could probably throw They the, did it in the comic series, and it was really good comic run. Let's throw the Ninja Turtles in there, and since he fucked them up too, let's let's just have yeah. all the shitty, yeah. all of my childhood just You completely. wait, he's going to get a hold of Thundercats and Silverhawk, and he's going to do all of this stuff to it, and wow. he's going to make it, our lives miserable. Fuck you. I want him to do GoBots. <sighs> That's who he should have originally done. He should have left the Transformers alone and done GoBots. What did I ever do to you, Michael Bay? Why do you fucking hate me so much that you have to just piss on my childhood and just destroy everything that I love? Why do you have to do that? The Just Us Nerds podcast uh, does does not uh, stand. Yes, for, it does. We will say this: that uh, Michael Bay hates nerds. Yes, he does. He Michael hates, Bay hates nerds. He hates nerds. He hates nerds. And you know, if you want to cease and desist, that's fine. But come and find us. That's right. All right. So, do, do we do we have any more movie talk? Anything? Uh, yeah. Um. This was kind of. This also goes back to DC realm. There was a rumor a while ago that Charlie Hunnam, um, he played Jackson Teller from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Also in uh, Pacific Rim. Yes. And he's also now in the King Arthur movie that's coming out. Now, there was a rumor a while ago that he was talking to DC and everyone was speculating who he's going to be. One version that they said was actually Green Lantern, that he was going to be the new Green Lantern. And then there was all these other speculation. Well, now his name has come up again. And they're saying I like, I like this. You that think. he would be playing Oliver Queen, that he would be the Green Arrow. And personally, I'm good with it. I mean, visually, the, the dude's jacked. Uh, blonde, he, he, he blue. Blonde. I mean, it's, it's perfect. My only, my only reservation is this: uh, I've seen him on Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, uh, not a hard role, but it was really good. He's he's good on that show. I did find him to be a bit flat, a bit wooden in Pacific Rim. <laughs> not like he said having, exactly. Yeah, not not a lot of range there. And Ollie is one of those characters that he's so you know he needs someone who can really be a character. Yeah. And the thing with Ollie that I always like is, see, Arrow does it well, but that's a different Oliver for me. Oliver Queen is always in competition with everybody else, where he's like, I've got money, and I'm still better than you. He's kind of like a booster gold is an archer. It's kind of the same thing. Like, the way that I've always seen him is, he's like, yeah, I've got money, and I'm gonna do things, and I'm gonna, you know, try to make the world a better place, but he's still, but he has fun doing it. We're like, Batman, it's work. Yeah. Superman, it's my job. Him, he's like, this is fun. I want to do this. See, th- this is kind of how I see Green Arrow. I- I'm thinking of a couple things. I'm thinking one of the Neil Adams run mm-hmm. with him, and then also the more recent Rebirth run where he's sort of this counterculture, uh, social justice warrior kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. And, and when I'm thinking of, of Neil Adams, uh, what I love... In particular, is I haven't read all of them, right? But 
they had like in the seventies, I think it was seventies or, or oh, early eighties. Speedy 80s. was the heroin addict, right? Right. Yeah. And then you had him and Green Lantern fighting as kind of like well, they they it was sometimes, but they were like kind of it was like a buddy comic. Well, there was that, but then one of my all time favorite comic book covers has. Hal trying to power up on the on the power battery, and you just see this arrow blasting right yeah. through it. I mean, so they were kind of back and forth. They, they were because because Chris, um, you know, Green Lantern was kind of the representative of like the establishment. Truth you and know, justice. Like, this I is, believe in yeah. law and order, right. and this and that. He's a cop. He, he's he's a cop. Whereas uh, you know, Green Arrow is more of like your your socialist. Your as he was reimagined right. is the one I'm thinking of. So I'm. I don't know. Kind if, of a Robin Hood. I, I mean, he's trying to take away from the establishment to give it to everybody else. He, he is, and so yeah. I don't know if Charlie. How do you say his name? Dunham. Hunnam. Hunnam. I don't know if Charlie Hunnam is is capable of that kind of range. If he is, great. Where well, did you Where did you read that rumor? Once again, I think it was on ComicBookMovie.com. Those okay. guys are really good. But the thing is, for me, is if that's who he's being looked at. I mean, people have already started imagining him as uh, Green Arrow, like started putting him with the suits and stuff, and he looks cool. But like. You know Green Arrow isn't going to get his own movie. It's going to be one of those where he's like, Hey, look, we've got Green Arrow. Hi. And, and you know, I'm so glad you said that, Chris, because the thought that was going through my head is... All right, from it, this is just my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. But the DC uni- movie universe is in trouble. Oh, they're, they're they're in trouble. They and have a lot to prove. They're, they're, and the next couple of years is what's going to prove it. And if in, not, we're doomed. Well, And this is what I think that they need to do to fix it. I think Higher they, Marvel? <laughs> that was actually my wife's solution. Yeah. She was saying, well, I think DC just needs to outsource their movie making to Marvel Studios. Yes, I agree. <laughs> okay, so let's put a pin in that idea. Yep. So idea yep. one for saving the DC universe is DC outsources to Marvel Studios. Right. Item two, this is my suggestion. Keep it in-house. Uh-huh. But what I'm thinking of is you need to go smaller with a story. So instead yeah. of, you know, so far... Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, what Watchmen. do they all have in common? Well, they all have in common, they all end with the sky hole. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The sky hole? Yeah. That's where you have your climax at the end of the movie, and you have it. Oh, climax. Yeah. Raising. Raising. With a sky raising hole. With a sky hole. Oh my God. Right. It's very sexual, these DC movies. Yeah. Um, no. So you, you have at the end of the movie these, this sky, this huge climactic event with this sky hole at, no sky hole we where the world is just falling where apart where the world's just falling apart no do away with the sky hole yeah. DC this is what you need to do you need to tell a good story do a character study you need to do a smaller story take Green Arrow can be a very interesting character yeah okay? if you do it right especially I mean look at the climate that we're in right now look how d- divided our, our country is right mm-hmm. now by what's happening in politics this is the perfect time regardless of what your personal politics are, to tell a story about that, about a character who he's got very strong political convictions and he operates outside the law and and the way that he does it is is a, that's influenced by the way he looks at things. So you need I, to go smaller, DC. I've got a way that DC can fix it. All right, what is it? Lay it on Whoever me. they hired to do their cartoon movies right. need to do the live-action movies because all of their cartoon movies are hits. Their new Justice League that came out, Justice League War. They had um, Batman and Son. They did um, Batman Bad Blood. Uh, the, I mean, parts of the Killing Joke. Remember, past the half I, hour. I was, that was no, no, my, no. That first part sucked. That, that, was, gonna my, that was gonna be my asterisk. Yeah. However, but like they need Bruce Tim and Paul Dini to actually. I want to see them on the big screen, take and look at it, and do that. You need to have actual people who work on the comic books. They're telling you, no, you can't do this, do this. Not listening to the film studio producers who were like, you know, Batman needs a cell phone. I want him to have a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, he needs a cell phone. Give him a cell phone. That cell phone talks to him. Well, Kermit, it's funny you would say that. <laughs> or Ray Romano yeah. or, or Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Uh, it's funny you would say that because you know they have Jeff Johns I do on board, but the, apparently he, whatever he he probably was you know he's supposed to be the in charge of the of the whole he, he's supposed to I don't know if he is if he is the equivalent of their um what what's the guy Kevin Feige right right Feige. but he, but but Feige 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 yes yeah, potato potato Feige Feige potato tomato but um. 
I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know what the hell is See, going on there. My problem is, is I have a feeling he's like, he's like, how do I put this? He's the life coach that really doesn't want to butt into your life. Where you're like, um, may, maybe you don't want to put gravy on everything. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, donuts, donuts are sometimes food, and nobody fucking <laughs> listens to him because he's like, no, 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 no. He's, he's not the guy who stands up. He goes, hey, listen, do not put nipples on Batman. Stop it. And they're like, stop it. But I want it. And they're like, well, no, no one will like that. And if they don't, if they don't listen to these people who look how much money the comic book industry makes, not movie wise, book wise, mm-hmm. the actual stories, look how much money they make. Why? Because they're good and they're good stories and the way that they are portrayed, they can do that on film. Well, what you're really saying then, though, Chris, it's it's not necessarily about having someone from the comic book industry, although I do think to an extent that is important, but it's about good storytelling. Agreed. Uh, Marvel, if, if you look at some of Marvel's best movies, so name off some of your favorites. What are your I'll favorites? I'll name my number one, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, number one. Amazing. What's your, what's your number two? <laughs> number two. Number two? Um, <laughs> number I, one? Take a number two. I'll tell you the first Avengers. The first Avengers. Yep. Okay. So I want you to think about how faithful either of those movies were to the source material. Pretty now, damn. Pretty no, damn. No, no but, but, but hang on. Hang on. This is what I mean. So you're telling me that if you if you pick up the graphic novel of Captain America and the Winter Soldier right. and compare it to the movie, how right. closely does that story... About 75%. Okay. So but it's, still... It's not lockstep. No. It. No. So here's my point. And the Avengers movie... Even less so. It has nothing to do with Even it, less yeah. so. I mean, they borrow here and there. Right. Here, here's my point. For those movies, they were focused more on telling a good story. Mm-hmm. And when they could put fan service in, they did. I think part but of But it DC, wasn't pandering. It's not pandering. Right. Uh, so I think that may be part of the problem with DC. I don't think that's entirely the right. problem. Right. I think the other problem, too, is DC is trying so hard to show that it's not Marvel that... They're that they're trying to be so dark and, right. and gritty. Well, they've already said that the Justice League movies are going to be a lot lighter. They've already agreed that it's going to be a lot lighter because they were like, "This is the Batman Superman movie was kind of a standalone," and that's mm-hmm. what they said. They wanted that dark and gritty because they wanted to tell that story. But mm-hmm. from now on, they've even said they're like, "No, the next one's going to be a lot lighter." We got it. We heard you. Um, well, what do you guys think? Uh, if you have some ideas of how to save the DC universe, I'm sure they would love to hear them. So. Yeah, we'll be the middleman. Send yeah. it to us. Just us nerds, PC at gmail.com. Contact us at our Facebook page. Like us on our Facebook page while you're at it. Let us also know on our YouTube page. Let us know on our Instagram page or on our, uh, what did I leave out? SoundCloud. SoundCloud page. Thank you very much. Okay. Let's do some toy box. Yeah. Just get those wonderful toys. Let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. All right, so uh, we've got a plethora. To we talk about. we have a. Would you say that I have a plethora? I don't think you know what that word means, David. <laughs> All right, so which uh, one do I use? Oh God, I don't I don't know, man. Okay, let's start with him. Oh, all right. I mean, absolutely. He's, all right, absolutely. So, so this is a little thing that I went and picked up. All right. Um, I Rene Troyer. Yes. No. Um, he just runs in my house and he pees in my hallway. Um, no. As you know, the last book that we had talked about on the last show, uh, New Frontier. Love it. Well, they had just put out a newer, uh, it's called the Artist series of figures. And one of the ones they did uh, was from New Frontier. So, of course, that would uh, be Mr. Cook. Now, the thing is, the series that they put out, there were four original ones. It was um, John Stewart, The Flash, Wonder Woman... And I can't remember the other. It one. wasn't Doctor Fate. No, Doctor Fate. The one that I have is from the original printout that they, the original pushout that they did. Um, but the next series they did, they did a Harley Quinn. No, they did a Harley Quinn, a Supergirl, and then Batman. Okay. The one we're going to talk about is the Batman. Th- this is a beautiful figure. We're, we're going to need to put some yeah. pictures up on the Facebook so page. This looks right out of the Darwin Cook universe, and what I like about it is this Batman is from the beginning of the story. This is the, you know, the angry, darker Batman where he scares the kid kind of a thing. Right, right. Whereas later on, he gets the more Dick Sprang happy expression with Robin, Mm -hmm. which I love, 
But this to me, this is Batman. Yeah. And this figure yeah. is gorgeous. Now, the paint, the paint alone, it is two-tone. We we have two-tone on this. We, most of it is matte. You have your matte gray, the utility belt is matte, the black trunks are actually matte, the cape and the cowl are matte. But then we have a gloss. The black gloss actually is over the bat emblem. Um, I hadn't noticed yep, that. The yeah, bat emblem, yeah. the the gloves, and then the boots are all gloss. So you get that two tone feel. Um, it's it's not. I mean, it's not a hundred percent. You know, articulate. I mean, you've got the shoulder bend. Um, you've got an elbow. You and you don't have a wrist pivot. Uh, the head. The head's pretty good. I mean, I've got. You know. The DC, the DC Direct figures, though, aren't really known for having a no. ton of articulation. No. So I've got, you know, up and down for the head and then the left and right. Um, the boots, I don't have an ankle. And, of course, I just have the knee and the, and the hip. And then I have an ab twist. Um, but what's cool for me is the detail. I mean, the detail. And it literally looks like right he, the creases in the in the in the uniform. Right, look at um, like the furrowed brow has the crease in there. Um, the you know his mouth. I mean the way it's cut, it looks just like a Darwin Cook comic yeah. um, in the uniform. Yeah, the creases in the uniform, like on his side and his hip and the trunks itself. You can see that it's not perfect. And I just this is. I think my favorite. How much was this? This, I bought it, I bought it online. I think I bought it on Amazon and I paid $17. What I'm always amazed with is the kind of quality that you can get from a DC Direct figure. And Uh, what's also nice, something that I've really never noticed, most like Batman figures, they kind of just throw it in the box. You can tell that these figures were put in there with love. The cape alone had a, it had a slit in the plastic that it was, put in behind sure but then the cape was actually covered in a plastic bag so that it wasn't like damaged or touched or any anything like that at all so i mean you could tell that little boy in that sweatshop really loved that batman toy that he's never going to get to play with. well you know what i do i love this thing this is my favorite batman and it, I, it really is this is this your your favorite but of, of the different figures that you own yes. is, is he number one yes now for absolute you? number one i, I could under, i one. could understand that um, um i mean and, and he's it, in scale perfectly with uh, earlier the original. there was uh because i pulled out my superman <laughs> uh <laughs> you pulled out your superman pulled out my superman pulled out the because i had the uh, superman um from new frontier yeah, when when new frontier first came out they did an original run of the action figures i have a few and he he I mean perfectly they they go together great so oh, he, on he my display good. I put him with my black and white statues so he's that splash of color can you put that up on the Facebook yeah. page so people can see that mm-hmm. later yeah so we can talk yeah. about it so really good but yeah for for um, seventeen dollars I mean he's absolutely gorgeous I'm actually getting the Flash one the Flash one is coming in I'm buying it at our good friends at Viera Comics um, you're going to be special ordering that one now. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's done in the Darwin Cook yeah. style, yep. but it's kind of a new 52 uh, armor, right? Because doesn't it have like the, the lightning hmm. on it? No, and... not at all. It's the Darwin Cook style. Oh, it's totally it's done. It's completely... Yeah, the that's Darwin. the thing about this this series, is these are called the artist collections. And what they do is they literally strip them from the comic book to have them in that genre. Um, they had a Greg Capullo series for a little while. They had... Hmm. Uh, but you know, like I said, they they had a Jim Lee, but now they have the uh, Darwin Cook, and it's just really really cool to see that one of the one, two of the figures that I looked at, and I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't think I didn't even know Darwin Cook did that, and what that was, they did a John Stewart, and John Stewart looks so cool. I didn't even think John Stewart's character was in he the wasn't, frontier, but, but they're imagining what what yeah, if what if he what was, he would look like, nor Harley Quinn for that right, matter, or Supergirl, and this Supergirl she also comes with crypto, so. You get to the, you know... So she's not imagined... She's not done in sort of the, the, the New 52 style. Right. Oh, no, not at all. These are all Darwin Cook's style. So each one of these are their own style. Very talented. Mm-hmm. Very talented. So I, I highly recommend it. Like I said, if you guys are interested, go and check it out. We'll put it up on the Facebook page so that you guys can take a look. Fantastic. Well, for our second figure to talk about uh, for to, to uh, wrap up Toy Box for this episode... I am excited. Uh, we're going to actually be doing a... 
unboxing. Yeah, this thing has been in the box since Christmas. Yeah, I, and this is a testament to my patience because I've been yeah. dying to open this thing so badly. Uh, I am talking about actually this was this is a little present from uh, my brother Lando. Yeah, he, he, he got this. That's for a me. good brother. He's a good brother. So this is the Batman animated series Clayface figure. It's the deluxe figure. And why is he the deluxe figure? Well, he, he comes with several different attachments. You have uh, different head molds. So you've got the one head mold where he's kind of doing the scream, the kind of scream, and then comes with different uh, attachments uh, because you know, Clayface. So for those of you not familiar, this is a villain, sort of a shape-shifting blob of sort of a villain. And, and you know what's cool is like you have him and then you have Sandman. Which one do you think is cooler? I think Clayface because he's one of my favorite villains. So well, for me, I like Clayface better. He, he's sort of the... He's the DC Sandman or or Sandman is the Marvel yeah. Clayface depending yeah. on how you want to look at it. Yeah. Uh, Clayface is what happens when uh, Sandman uh, smooches up with uh, Hydro Man. Yeah, they, well the thing is... Well, but remember his story, you know, it's really cool. Is he was the guy looking to stay young and to be beautiful. Once again, we can try that back. But he ends up being covered in that crap. And I think that was, I think that was an original Paul, no. uh, Paul Dini. Yeah, the uh, design. Uh, the, no, the no, story. The, yeah, the, 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 the story. original story. Um, I think that was originally a Paul Dini idea because I, I think Clayface had been around, but I don't think he'd been given no. that tragic and, background. And now, you know, it really made the character. And as far as his power set goes, definitely a little bit cooler than Sandman. Because you know what I like that he does? He'll do it with, like with Robin or with smaller people. He'll actually like open up his stomach and like take them inside, and he'll smother them and try to kill them. Oh, it's very creepy. Yeah, it's I mean, extremely creepy. So yeah, without further ado, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's open them up. Let's, let's break this bad boy open. Smell that new plastic. So, so, oh, isn't that the best smell? That's the best smell in the world. I got it. Always carrying off. That's not a knife. There you go. That's a knife. All right, so... Ah. Ah, smell the new plastic. Smell it, smell it. Oh, that is nice. I love that new rubbery smell. So, 14 different pieces. How much does this guy run for? Oh, my goodness. You would ask me that. Let me look. Um, yeah, okay. why don't you look him up? He's... Um, I think he... Is it like around $44? I'm going to guesstimate like around $44. Uh, this is a little more expensive than your other animated series figure because he is a little bit larger and uh, a little uh, nerd uh, homemaking tip. See these little gray twisted Yeah, guys? yeah. Do not throw them away. Never nope. throw them away. You know why? Do you want to know how much he is? How much is he? He is $3105 at Karen Hobby right now. $3105. So a little bit larger figure. Uh, and with but he's a big figure. Yeah. I was actually watching the intro episode with him uh, the other day. I was trying to introduce my yeah. wife. I could find him on eBay for 32 bucks. Okay. Perfect. Um, Which I might have to buy. Feet Feet of Clay. Oh, that I, was the, that was I the original. Love. That was the original episode, Feet of, Feet and, of Clay. Oh, he's so cool. Oh, you know what I really like? Huh. Feel that. Feel how he's... Oh, it's, the, 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 the head is actually rubbery. He's rubbery. He is rubbery. That's really cool. So he comes with different hooks. Uh, so different, yeah, different. That's uh, the hook. Fist attachments. He's got one that is uh, one that's a hook. One that's hook. a, a mace. mace. Is it an actual ball and chain? It's an actual ball and chain. You know what I always thought was cool about Clayface too was the fact that this was and this was in the New Adventures right. of Batman and Superman uh, when. He could actually have a large enough piece of himself separate and it, it actually like form into another person. Form into like a distinct, like its own being. Its own entity. And yeah. in one of the episodes, Robin befriends yeah. one of the little kids that is a piece of Clayface. I mean, it's so cool. Look at him. Yeah, yeah. It that that is that is that is really cool. I think I might want to separate the head actually and do the, the, the screaming the scream? face. Well, yeah, I, why wouldn't I you? like that. That's, that is really cool. That is so, a cool figure. So let's let's do a breakdown a little bit of this figure. So we've got uh, we've got mobility at the head. We've got head is on a swivel. Um, not much uh, because of the shape of the head. You can't really look up or down. You can really just do side to side. Mm. The Batman animated figures are not really known for uh, too much articulation. 
God, I want to grab a stand. We have a, an ab crunch. Uh, we have uh, movement at the hips. Hips can go forward and back and out to the side. Uh, we have no ankle pivot, but the <laughs> feet can go side to side. I don't think he knows where his ankles are. Uh, no, pro- probably not. Um, the joint, one minor complaint, the joint is a little loose on the right arm. Um, but other than that, the joints are really tight. Um, I can't wait to put this up. Um, do you remember the, uh, you know how I have in my house, I have the shelving yeah. that looks like a fire escape. Uh-huh. Well, I got a second set of those. Right. And I think I'm going to put a bunch of my animated series figures. Now, would you them. say that this is from the original animated series style or is this from the new Adventures of Batman? I, I think it's, well, looking at what's on here, I think it's from the original yeah, animated I, I series. Agree. I would agree with you. I just wanted um, to see what you thought. The, yeah, the, the design of Clayface didn't change too much. Uh, from one series to the next. I mean, he's a giant clay monster. Yeah, yeah. So you're not gonna, you know. Oh, I gotta see if this works. I think they might have slimmed him down a little. That was kind of the design uh, change that that they did when they went to the new animation format. Uh, so maybe they slimmed down. So the stand little. does not hold him. I think you have to probably put it down even lower to like go around uh, his feet. Yeah, because I don't. He's, okay. But what I always loved about them is their stand. It's uh, what they stand on is actually their drawing labels. Um, what shows for the turnarounds and what they would look like at all angles, and so it, it's a it's a piece of art. It really is. Like you get more for this is a great looking figure. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Lando. Uh, so I, I recommend it if you're collecting. Oh, Lando, Batman... my birthday's coming up. Just uh, just so you know. <laughs> just saying. If you're collecting the Batman animated series figures, uh, I, this is one I would recommend for your collection. Um, well, folks, if you heard the screaming in the background, that would be my son letting me know that he is about done with me recording this podcast, whether I want to be done with it or not. So. Uh, but before we go, let me just mention a couple things. Uh, make sure you drop us a line. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know if you have any comments about the things that we've been talking about. Email us at justusnerdspc at gmail.com. Like us on our Facebook page. Give us a shout-out on YouTube. Give us a shout-out on our Instagram or give us a shout-out on our SoundCloud page. Is. That is all the time we have for this episode of the Justice Nerds podcast. Jay and I have to hop the mystery machine to solve the case of the greedy goblin of the haunted amusement park. Dude, I think you're going in the wrong van. Well, I'll follow you. Can we go to the haunted amusement park anyway? Only if you're good. Yay! Yay!